Welcome once again to the Success for Life podcast. In this episode, uh, we talk with Heather, Heather Havenwood, a tremendously successful uh, serial entrepreneur. Started out in the mortgage industry, uh, built a business there. When that market crashed, uh, she then became an author, um, started a coaching business for helping people have success for life. Um, she wrote a, a book on... Um, becoming an executive, how to build your business, on, on dating, very interesting stuff. Um, I think you really enjoyed my podcast here with Heather Havenwood. She's known as the Sexy Boss. This is Dave Schumann here with the Success for Life podcast. I'm here with a very special guest, Heather Havenwood. Very, very accomplished in multiple different fields. Uh, we have her on as a very special guest. We're going to explore what has taken her to be successful and hopefully a lot of her ideas and, and, and thoughts will be able to be shared with you. Heather, thanks for coming on the Successful Life Podcast. Thank you, David. I'm excited to be here. I, I wanted to start with just a little background uh, sure. on yourself um, for, for the listeners who, who haven't maybe met you before. Uh, give, us, give me a little backdrop as to, you know, not where you are right now, but, you know, a little bit about where you came from. Yeah, you know, well, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. I'm a Southern girl through and through, just to give you an idea of that. But honestly, um, I'm like a lot of people. I started, at, went, you know, went to college, like a good little girl, and then I got into corporate America and kind of rose the ranks and did very well um, in a very fast period of time, four years. And I was in sales, business-to-business sales. I think a lot of successful people started sales. I was thrown a book, you know, here's your desk, here's a... Here's our business cards. Here's the yellow pages. See ya. And here's your quota. And if you don't make it, you're out. So I learned quickly sales. Um, that's where I got my kind of teeth wet, basically, or sharpened in the corporate world. And I did very well um, in business to business sales. So that's where I got my start. But the turning point for me, David, and, and kind of why I'm here where I'm at, um, back in like 99, um, I was given my little award, congratulations, you're top 1% in the country for sales, and then, by the way, you're fired. And I was very confused. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 what? You know, because I was taught that you make money for a company, they give you part of that, and then you're happy, right? And you move on, we all love each other, and you're there for 20 years, and maybe you get your red staple in a box, right? And I, that's just kind of what I thought life was going to be. Um, and so then I got fired, and I was very confused by that, and that was kind of the moment. And I actually saw an infomercial one day, and it says something along the lines of, do you want to control your life? Do you want to own your own business? And that was like, yes, yes, you know, because I just didn't want someone to take that success away from me again. I knew I'd be successful again, but I didn't want to go – for into another company and make that company successful and how do I how do I do it for me and that's kind of how the journey started just a long story short so I've been in the direct response marketing world since that day really since um, that was 99 and I started in traveling the country during direct sales in 2000 2001 right after 9-11 um, and so I've been in the business ever since and it's taken a few turns along the road but really I'm in the direct response marketing space Interesting, very interesting. I, I had a similar experience yeah. uh, myself in business. I started actually in '98 and worked for for a company and got my MBA in, in, in after college and after playing football in college and thought that corporate was going to be for me. And I quickly realized, um, uh, and my turning point was actually 9/11, which really kind of completely yeah. shifted everything I did. But um, a lot of people were lost in in the World Trade Center that I actually worked with directly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it was it was that was more of a wake up call. I was already thinking it, it, it was time to to make that move. And it's interesting to hear. Uh, I was I was what they call the rainmaker in the technology yeah. field, and went in you know uh, went into the big co- corporations. And I was young, and that was when a lot of young people were beginning to to make their move in technology and so they had to have some experts in there so i i really i appreciate hearing that background um, yeah you are similar there definitely i mean i was in texas at the time but i was in technology and i was young and moving and shaking and then what they call the dot-com bust you know boom and all that and i was like this is great life is good yeah so i completely relate to that and then pretty much 9-11 happened um, i got fired right before 9-11 and then 9-11 happened, and then I'm like, what do I do? You know, so that's kind of when I saw the infomercial, and I went to the infomercial route. <laughs> uh, what was the infomercial that, that you saw that, uh, I guess, generated that spark? Yeah, so here's what – it's a funny story, so I'll share it because it really is funny. So I'm sitting on my girlfriend's couch. I don't have a job. I'm not broke just because I had a little bit of savings, but I'm not, like, you know, living in luxury. And um, – I'm on, the, her, I'm on her couch and her, her new husband, literally on a Sunday, and he's like flipping channels, probably between football or something, and it lands on this commercial, infomercial, and he's ignoring it, right? And I'm like watching it intently, and it's like going on and on about, um, but I think they were selling um, how to buy and sell real estate notes. And I didn't care what it was. I didn't care. I just heard, do you want to own your life and you want to own your own you know, business? So I'm writing down the, the phone number and where to go the next day, 1 o'clock p.m. at a hotel down the street or whatever it was. So I, I the next day I, I lied to my girlfriend. I said I was leaving town. I didn't. I stayed and I did this whole seminar. I went there and, you know, it's a 90-minute presentation where you sit down and for 90 minutes and they, they pitch you, right, for 90 minutes. And I didn't care what it was. I was just a yes. I'm like, this sounds great. <laughs> I, I'm like 24, you know, by myself. It's a single there. And here's the, the catcher. So uh, the guy says, okay, it's $3,000. Well, I didn't have that kind of money. I'm like, Ooh. but then he says the magic words, but it's only $1,000 for your spouse. So I nudged the guy next to me. I nudged the guy next to me and uh, boom, boom, right then and there. He said, I said to him, can I be your spouse? And he's like, what? I'm like, can I be your spouse? So, yeah, we went to the back of the table and gave them a credit card for $1,000. And he looked at the guy and goes, this is my spouse. Different last name, different address. <laughs> I went as his spouse. And a year, like a week later, they come back for three days. And we did the three-day event. Um, and it was how to buy and sell real estate notes. But here was a turning point. The, the people in the back of the room knew I was lying. They're like, okay, yeah, right, you're not the spouse. And they kept asking my situation, like, who are you? What's your deal? And they said, why don't you come work for us? So I moved to Orlando, Florida and started working for that company. And that's where it got started. I learned, that's where I learned direct response marketing, how to, not only did I learn how to buy and sell houses and buy and sell notes, because I started doing that on the side and building my own business. But at the same time, I started traveling the country and learning direct response marketing. Explain, Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Can you explain to me direct response marketing so 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 i understand and 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 all our uh, podcast listeners understand yeah yeah sure absolutely so um it's not a term that's used a lot but it's actually it's what it's used every day on them okay so if they ever bought a course online and they saw this a video for 20 30 minutes we call that a vsl a video sales letter and they listened to the video and then they bought the product it could have been a a supplement it could have been a seven dollar report it could have been a course for a thousand dollars they just entered into the direct response marketing world so the person who put that up basically is 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 created uh created that entire sales funnel from a direct response marketing world meaning they push something to you and ask you for a direct response 
So all uh, radio, a lot of radio ads or direct response. It's kind of the art and science behind advertising. Okay. So um, in when I was traveling the country, we would fly into a city like a Chicago or New York or Peoria, Illinois or wherever, because I went to a different city every single week. I, I flew 50 weeks out of the year. And we would fly in and we'd sit in front of a group of people, you know, 20, 40, 100, and we had 90 minutes to basically sell them a $3,000 package. You had to learn quickly the art and science of sales, know, like, and trust, persuasion, influence. Those are all the, the what I call um, the principles of marketing. Nowadays, we do that online. Nowadays, we send you to a website and you, you watch a video, okay? But it's very different when you're face-to-face. And you see them walk out the room. You see them roll their eyes, right? You see them excited. You see them whatever. You see that in real time. And so you learn the art of of sales, of what I call group selling, quickly. And if not, you don't eat. That's basically what happened. We, we you know, One night we'd be eating ramen noodles, and the next night we're eating like root steak. So we really liked the root steak over the ramen noodles. So we would <laughs> really learn the art and science of um direct response marketing and it's, it's used on us every day but that's really the um, the art behind it what, what did you learn from being in front of people and having to sell them that <clears throat> what are some of the things that you learned that were important in, in, in closing that sale um, yeah. that you had to learn obviously since you had you know if you didn't sell you you, you didn't make money you didn't eat um, what what did you learn uh, from making those sales and and, and dealing with people face to face it's a great question you know so what was happening was just giving an essence there was like three groups going out meaning we all went out every single week and the top group the top group meaning they're making the most the highest percentage of sales they got to go to places like new york and chicago and seattle and la okay and then i was in the c team when i started i was in the crap team basically we we're going to peary illinois and Cincinnati, Ohio or something, you know, right. like, and it's freezing, we're slipping our stuff through snow, like, it wasn't fun, you know, and I thought, okay, how do we change this, and they're like, well, you're, you know, the speaker, because I was the, more, I was like, I was helping, it was help staff, and the, the speaker, so we're a big team, I said, how do we change this, I mean, well, we get, you know, we get James to get up to 20% closing ratio, no, let me give you an example of this, because this is really important, so, we would go into a city, let's say Chicago, and the, the company would say, okay, look, we just dropped $250,000 in ad spend for you to be there, meaning radio, newspaper, and TV, okay? You guys need to, like, if you guys can make a dollar over that, we love you, right? So you have to hit 12 to 15% closing ratio um, to be able to make that. And if you get higher than that, like we even love you even more, right? So we're like, awesome. So we had some goals. Now let me explain to you what that means. What that means is you're sitting in front of strangers and you have 90 minutes to pitch them and to get them to go from stranger to hand you over a credit card for three grand. And then you hand them back a piece of paper and they have to come back for their event in three, in two weeks or one week, depending. Okay, that's a huge gap to go from stranger to give me three grand. Right? in 90 minutes so there's a lot of different um, art and science of persuasion influence uh, environment conversation like one thing I remember learning this was just specific and this is so true guys and people are like I can't believe that this is just honest when we went to New York or up our New York area right northeast of the country 
we had to have someone who talked a little faster. Okay. If we took somebody there who was more Southern and slower in their conversation, buying was down. Okay. But if we had someone with this guy named Mark Gonzalez, he was like an Italian guy, looked right out of New York, right? If we took him down to Dallas or Houston, he bomb, right? Because the no like and building and trust factor was gone. Because it's like, oh, you're a New York Southern slicker. We don't want you here, right? So we, so that's something we learned. When we would go to Texas, and I'm from here, so I can say this, uh, we would slow down our speaking. We're way more Southern. We're way more hospitable, right? Way more open, slow down our conversation and answering questions or whatever. When we went to New York, I mean, people like, we want to know right now. You know, it's very fast and here's the deal. We don't want to sit there for 90 minutes. What's the deal? Is it 3,000, 4,000? I'm out of here. You know, it was way different kind of selling. So you had to not only mirror match the different part of the country, but you also had to meet what I call mirror matching, learn the person in front of you, what their style was. If you were really fast talking, the person in front of you wasn't, it's not, it's not going to be a positive experience for them and therefore they're not going to purchase. If, if you mirror match them and you basically match their feeling, their energy, their behavior, it's going to be a better experience. You're going to have a higher closing ratio. So these are just small, tiny things you have to learn. You can't do that online. You can't do that online. And um, you, I mean, you possibly could serve up a different ad based on the geographic location of the, of the, of the person, but you're guessing, right? So these are just small little nuances that I learned. And I could go on and on. I mean, I really learned the art and science of, of copywriting in that environment because it really was different. I mean, I'll be honest with you, David, you learn the art and science of, of, of hearing no <laughs> more than anything. And you learn the art and science of massive rejection. And there's a, re, there's a difference between rejection, someone leaving your website versus rejection, looking at you going, you're full of crap and I'm rolling my eyes at you and I'm walking out, you know, it's like, Oh, that little stung a little bit harder, you know? So you learn, learn how to kind of have thick skin and understand that it's a it's a process. Sales is a process, and persuasion influence is a process. So, I learned I learned that piece, and now I, I take that online. Now I I, use, I create sales funnels online, and I take all that data and information I learned on about human beings online. Because at the end of the day, David, yes, things have altered since 2001. However, we as human beings on why we buy hasn't changed since Jesus's time. That's why you can open the Bible and read a story. In Jesus's time and it resonates for today because we as human beings have not altered and how we buy, why we buy and how we buy haven't changed now the techniques we we buy differently right we don't maybe call a phone number 1-800 line or maybe we don't you know we write a check anymore to a mail we now go online but th- that that's just a technique and what, why what, what is hasn't, the, hasn't changed yeah that, that, I think you bring up a really interesting point is that the psychology of what gets somebody to buy uh, in your experience, what are some of the things um, that you found from people motivate them to make that buy? What do you have? What kind of buttons do you have to uh, to push, or what kind of motivation do you have to generate from them to become a buyer in, in, in your product? It's a great question. So um, the first thing is a credibility conversation, right? Always know, like, and trust, and a credibility. That was the first one that we did. Um, uh, from a from a, in a in, when someone walks into our room, how we were dressed, how we would present ourselves, the credibility, those things were created with the, with and what I call the initial 
five to ten minutes. Okay, that's out of the way. Once that's established, like we're not, we're not, you know, we're we're gonna fulfill. We're not just, you know, some company that hasn't been around for a while, kind of things like that. We know what we're doing with experts. Once that's out of the way, now we're into well, what are you providing me? Here's the question people have: What's what are you providing me that's gonna give me what I want in life? Now, here's where I were I talk to a lot of to, to like, a lot of consultants and coaches all the time, and they're constantly saying, "Well, this is not working. No one's buying." The reason why people don't buy consulting and coaching sometimes is because the coach or consultant is trying to sell the tactic or the strategy, not the why. Here's the bottom line. Everyone buys things, coaching uh, or information marketing products or even a car for one reason, freedom. Freedom. You're selling freedom. If you purchase this course and go through this course, you're going to learn to make money, which will give you freedom. If you purchase this car, and make it'll make you feel like you're free. It's always about freedom on some level. It could be if I make, if I make money in this course or with this information, I'm going to be able to, you know, give money to my my kid who's about to go through college. I'm going to help him through college. That will make not only him happy, my wife happy, and it'll give me freedom. It's always about an emotion. It's never about the tactic. It's never about the strategy that you're selling. It's always about the why. What is the why for them? And there's always something, right? There's always something. There's always something that they want a better life or they want freedom from or they want um, an experience of, and that's what you have to tap into on any level, on anything that you're selling. Right? Why do people buy... Uh, you know, certain kind of supplements because they want to feel healthy. Therefore, they want to feel free. And it's always how, back to that. How, how have you instructed, like, your coach, you know, so you're coaching and working with people and you've done seminars. How, how do you instruct people um, to be able to find out what that why is? Mm. Uh, or what are some of the things that you do to find out what their specific why is? It, you know, in some cases... Obviously online, but even if you're on the phone or in person, how do you generate that? What their why is? So, well, it's a great question, and I understand where you're coming from, David. It's a hard question to answer because, for me, as the either salesperson or coach of them, I'm always trying to find and listening for it. I'm listening for it, but that doesn't mean that they are aware of it. Okay, because maybe they just have stress. Like their wife's coming down and they're not making enough money, right? That they they feel that they feel the stress of it, or they they have a dead end job and they don't see where it's going. They feel uh, frustrated. They that's all they feel that stress. They feel the stress, the frustration, or whatever of the thing. Okay, and sometimes they can't see beyond that. So part of this is learning how to listen for where's the freedom. You know, if that was gone, how would that feel for you? Oh, that feel great. I'd be able to blah 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 blah. Right? Okay. Well, what would that be like? I mean, right? What would it be like if you your your wife was not nagging you about money? Oh my God, I could be awesome. I have sex with more. Right? They're all excited. Right? It's like, well, you'd have freedom, right? They don't always bring it back to freedom, but you, as the either sales or coach, are listening for what is that thing that was lifted that they would feel free again. 
and I know that sounds like it's, you know this is hard psychology, and I don't mean to go deep, but it really is. You ask the question, that's really what it's always about. It's about. I mean, I remember. I this is. Think about this, David. I'm sitting here in front of this gentleman. I remember he was a great guy, and I'm I'm selling a twelve thousand dollar course on real estate, twelve grand. <clears throat> it's a car, and the guy gives me his credit card, and I walk over and I put in one two zero 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 zero, enter. And then it rings it up, a $12,000 credit card slip. And all I hand him is like a piece of paper. Now, of course, he had a ton of courses he purchased, right, and a ton of seminars with that package. And it, and it was valid, and, and I know that he probably did very well with that. But I want you to understand why he, why he purchased that. He purchased that because the possibility. The guy, I think, was like 40. He was late 40s, early 50s. He had a career in... Um, in the army. I mean, he had like a very, very successful career. He wasn't like, you know, dumb or anything. And he was a, a great guy, very articulate. He wanted something more and there was something else for him that he wanted. And so that's, that's what people purchase is that possibility. Why do people go to $60,000, $8,000 colleges? Why do they send their kids to Yale? Because there's a possibility of a better life, right? So when you're selling high-end courses like that or consulting or coaching, you have to look for what is it that I can provide that's going to give them the freedom they're going to purchase this. That That's really interesting. I I, I think your approach... Am I going to, too deep? I so apologize. No, no, it's fantastic. You that's really... Game, so. <laughs> I, that's what I like to do is, is dive deep to really understand, you know, obviously not just what has made you successful, but... But David, that happened to you. I mean, you talked about 9-11 and yep. you really saw there was something else. You're like, wait a minute. It was a wake-up call for you. But if you really looked at it, you're like, I need freedom from, you know, I need freedom. There was something about you that you said, you didn't probably say in that way to yourself. But there's like a, I, there's something wrong here and I need freedom from something. And that's where that movement happened for you. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. And now, you know, reading your bio and, and I went, you know, went online and, and sure. uh, looked at some of the uh, books you you've written. Me. Quite a few books, yes. Uh, quite a few books, um, you know, on Amazon that people could pick up. And I and and now getting to understand the backdrop of everything, I now begin to understand how those different books that people might look at from the outside and say each one of these topics are completely different, but they're actually no, they're they're interrelated. So um, they are. Yeah, they are. So. You know, you have uh, your book, The Sexy Boss, and, and empowering women, um, which incorporates sex, money, and 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 success. And success. Yeah. Um, you have you know you have a book and uh, helping uh, divorced men get back in uh, into the dating game. Um, maybe maybe before we even dive into some of that that stuff, which I'm sure is a, a lot of great stuff on that. Um, becoming your first, writing your first book. Uh, what was the motivation for, for for writing your first book, and and how'd you go about doing it? So my first, what was my first one? It was the date. It was a dating one. Um, so what I'm not. So I just wanted to let you know what I'm not good at is what I call opening up Word doc, looking at the cursor blinking at me, and there's this blankness. I completely go blank. I don't know about you, but I'm just like dead dead space in my head my head just goes duh I don't know what to do so what I did was is my first book was the dating game and I thought I need to get something out because I was going to that space and the reason I went to that space because it was 2008 9 
recession was hitting. So I'm obviously no longer in the real estate market. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't do real estate. So uh, seven, eight's hit, hitting. Everyone's like giving away their keys to the kingdom. Like, here's here's five houses. Um, I lived in Florida at the time, by the way. So you, wow. You know, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I lived in Florida. And so, yeah, I had friends who were like, yeah, I have like 12 houses. I just walked into the bank and gave it, gave them the keys and said, see ya. <laughs> like, <it> just, <laughs> anyway, like I had some great friends. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. So my house went through foreclosure and bankruptcy, but I was like, you know, only one. Like I said, I had friends who were like 10 and 12 houses like that. So, so I was like, well, I can't go to the real estate space. So I went to the dating space because I learned that, you know, men will always want women, which is great. And uh, it's a recession-proof business. And so I started, what I did was, is I had a friend of mine uh, who interviewed me like this, like this, right over the phone. I recorded it. I gave him some questions to ask, kind of like a, you know, a little bit of a steering the direction. But of course, he asked his own questions, which is what I wanted. He's a single guy, so that was a good thing. I was like telling him just to ask what you would ask, and he did. And we recorded it, and then I handed it over, um, the transcript, and somebody else to kind of clean it up and look pretty. And I and somebody, you know, create a cool art piece. I got, I think, on Fiverr and boom, boom, there we go. So I'm a big proponent of speak it and then transcribe it and then edit it. So my book, Sexy Boss, I went from, I did that one in 90 days. And that one was a, that one was a big, bigger project because it was my life story. That one took a lot longer. I think I, uh, a friend of mine, again, same thing, got on Skype, scheduled the time out, scheduled it, you know, date, time, three o'clock on and we scheduled it, gave him the questions to kind of start from. Good thing is he's a friend of mine who knew me, so again, he knew how to pull things out of me. And we, I transcribed it, sent it over to a copywriter. He edited it <clears throat> in about two weeks. And I had that thing from from nothing to complete in 90 days, including my audiobook. So wow. I'm a big component of not dragging books out. If you're going to do a book, do a book fast. Do not drag it out. It's the worst experience to drag out a book. Just like, boom, 90 days, boom, 60 days. And the best way to do it for me, at least, I'm a speaker, right? I'm really better at this kind of conversation versus throwing up a Word doc and just starting with scratch. I just can't do it. I've tried. I can't do it. So I'd rather, I'd rather say, hey, David, let's, let's team up here. Would you be willing to do, you know, four little interviews of 20 minutes each? And I hand you over these questions, the kind of direction I want the book to go. You ask me the questions, and then I transcribe it. And then I get an editor to um, kind of what I call move through the stuff and make it make it more sense. And then, boom, there you go. That's really mm-hmm. really interesting. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I over the years I've I've read many many different people's takes on on how to do a book, and I, I have to say it's the first time that I've heard someone with with such a direct and and quick. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yes. You know. Yeah. People always say, "Yo, know, I'm in the middle of my next one," and I. What I, I this time my, my other friend was available, so I, I literally put it on Facebook. I'm like, hey, I'm looking to write a book. I need I need a friend, <laughs> I need a friend to be my person. And someone's like, I'll do it. I'm like, awesome. You know, so we scheduled like four times that worked for him and me. We got on on Skype just like this, recorded it or you know whatever, and um, that was it, right? And then I'm getting it transcribed. Like I'm the, the audio is transcribed from um, Rev.com, super cheap, super cheap, and and now we're going through the editing process. Well, what was that? Like Rev.com? Yeah, Rev.com. You could so cool. Rev.com is awesome. You can literally, you can swipe any YouTube video. You don't have to own it. Swipe any YouTube video and send it to them, and they'll transcribe it and have a turnaround in 24 hours. It's awesome. That is really, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So you, you went in and 
Um, you cover dating and you cover uh, different avenues of being successful. What are, what are the, I guess, maybe some of the, because the, uh, I want to dive a little bit into because I find it really, really interesting. Um, what are the key similar components in uh, being able to manage your sex life, manage money, and, and trying to become successful? Uh, that's a, wow, that's a good... <laughs> Is that good or what? <laughs> Wow, I don't know if I can answer that, to be honest. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that shit out myself. Um, I'm sorry, I apologize. I said the word S-T-H-T. So here's what I would say about that and why that I went after the dating market. It's because, one, I told you it was a recession. But the other difference is sales is just like dating, okay? So it was an easy thing for me to help men specifically how to date and attract women in their life, especially after I, I go after the men who I call are older, meaning 40 to 60. And the reason I say that in a loving way, guys, is if you're 21, you think you are awesome and you get any checks. Right. That the men in their 40s are like, okay, maybe I don't have this whole thing down. You know what I mean? They're kind of in that, maybe I don't know everything about women uh, stage. So they're more open to the conversation of like, oh, maybe you don't know anything about women. But it's, a, it's, it's teaching them basically attraction, sales, persuasion, influence. Okay, and this is that dating is a sales process. So if you go on your first date, and you look at the girl, and you're you're in on it for t- in ten minutes, and you're like, so you want to get married? She's gonna run out the coffee shop, right? So you don't do that. Well, people do that in sales all the time. So sit down with somebody after ten minutes. Go, okay, do you want this five thousand dollar product? Whoa, whoa, right? So it's the same conversation of like teaching, uh, and I go after men specifically because it's a niche conversation. Uh, women think differently and men think in processes. So it's easy for me to say, okay, men think of it like a sales conversation, right? And you know, no, I can trust building the rapport, going into a, a conversation where uh, you understand where they're at. You, they understand where you're at and you can move what I call move down the process. Um, cause men understand processes, right? Oh, it's like a machine. It goes down the little wheelhouse right here. So it's easier for me to have that conversation with men versus women. Now I've had women come up to me, no kidding, David, I was at an event where I was speaking at three women at the same time, which can be kind of daunting. It came like as a group um, They came at me and said, we don't like you. <laughs> I felt like I was back in high school. I'm like, wow, why do I feel like I'm about to get beat up? Um, so I said, well, that's okay. Cause you're not my market. I'm here speaking about dating, like specifically at this event. So that's okay. You're not my market. You know, I'm actually teaching men how to understand you. Okay. Um, after the event was over, after I spoke, um, went to the bar and the girls were hanging out having a cocktail and they said, okay, we like you now. We think you're amazing. Cause they understood that the more I can explain men that women are emotional, most of their conversations are emotional conversations, not logical conversations. That's why you guys have this look on your face. Like, well, what the hell did you say? Makes no sense. Um, then they can, you know, it helps, it helps all their relationships. And it's not just intimate relationships, David. I mean, a lot of men come to me and go, I have this boss who's a female. I don't understand. I don't know how to connect. With, I can't like, I don't know how to work with her or, you know, my mom or my sister or my aunt or great aunt or whatever. Like they really have a hard time, um, you know, working with them. And nowadays they do have to work with women in a lot of different ways, not just at home. You know, so they're working, they have, they, maybe they have an assistant or maybe they have a, a coworker who's a female 
Um, maybe they have someone who's underneath them or co or equal to them or over them at work and they don't know how to manage that. And that's why I work with them on. That's really interesting. Now, going from, from real estate to, to dating, essentially, <laughs> um, you know, Different, what right? has anyone ever said to you? Wow, you know, you've completely changed, uh, you know, what your focus is. How, how are you an expert in this when you're an expert in that? Um, what, what was that convincing process to getting customers to understand, potential customers to understand, you know, this was the world I'm in, but, you know, this is a world I've lived in my whole life, or, um, and, and, and this is why you should, should follow what I'm saying or, or understand what I'm saying. Well, you know, here's how that happened. I'll just, you know, just, I'm just being honest and you can read this online. So it's, it's all public, but I was in real estate. You remember this is in 2000, um, I was there 2001 all the way through 2006 in Florida. So I was teaching people how to buy and sell houses. Now what happened is I got into business with a, um, a business partner. We went from zero to a million dollars in 2005, six, and it went very well. Um, a few things happened. One came home one day and came back to the office, came home one day. He had pulled all the money out of the bank accounts, pulled all the accounts. And I went from very wealthy to broke literally overnight. So my <clears throat> business partner bolted with all the money and all the sites and everything. And uh, I was broke, literally, overnight. So my house went to foreclosure right at the time when there's when everything was hitting to, in, in, in Florida. So my house went upside down at the same time. And so I went from doing really well to broke. My house was upside down, and then it went to foreclosure, and then I had filed bankruptcy. So I was wiped out, all right, in 2006 and seven. And starting in 2008, um, 2009, I was like, okay, I need to get back on the horse. But what I know is direct response marketing. And a friend of mine reached out to me and goes, you know, you should teach men how to, do, how to date. And I'm like, what? He's like, well, here's the thing. No one can ever question you on it. You're a female. I'm like, you're right. Right? Right? That's no, one questions, no one questions me on it because I'm a female. And at the same time, I was, when I used to travel, I traveled full time 50 weeks out of the year with all men. So I got to hear all y'all stuff, okay? The locker room talk, I heard it all, you know what I mean? And so I would, sometimes they would ask me, you know, questions like, I'm dating this girl, like here's what she said, what do I do? And I would I would tell them and it always worked out, like man, you rock, man, it was awesome weekend, man, she rock. So I just would do that automatically. And so it, it fit for me, I'm like, that makes sense. Um, and so when I started doing that, no one ever questioned, oh, well you were in real estate, now you're this. like. You're a female. I want to understand you. So yeah, how can I? How can you help me? You know, so it was an automatic credibility, which yeah. was fun. That is incredibly interesting. <laughs> hey, what is it about um, entrepreneurship? You know, you've had different businesses. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're an author, which also is obviously empowering in the sense that you're, you know, you're telling your story, uh, how you want to tell it. What is it about entrepreneurship and, and being your own boss that is that is so appealing to you? Oh, freedom. I mean, I'm my biggest value in life is freedom. The moment I feel constraint, like you, you know, and I, I went back. Just to be honest, I went back in about 2010, something like that. I went back to corporate America, um, mainly because I was like, oh man, I should go back. Blah blah blah. So I went back. I lasted 90 days. <laughs> 
Um, I was like, okay, I'm really done now. Sometimes you have to go back to the old boyfriend or old girlfriend, and you're like, yeah, no, I'm really done. That's kind of what was my um, experience, like going back to the old boyfriend, like, uh, you know, I thought I liked you, I thought I missed you, but nah, I didn't. So I went back to corporate America for 90 days, and I remember when my quote-unquote boss was like, uh, you're not supposed to ask me those questions because you're like, this is your role, and like, that's my role, and you know, this is the chain of command, all this, you know, rules and regulations. I'm not allowed to think this way. I'm not allowed to ask these questions. I'm like, what in the heck? So to me, that was, that was my big light bulb because as an entrepreneur, you know, God, I'm constantly dealing with, um, podcast editing. Then I'm worrying, dealing with WordPress and then I'm dealing with, you know, the sales part. And then I'm dealing, I mean, there's never a piece I'm not dealing with on some level. You know, from tech to not tech to communication to uh, um, all the b- being bills being paid. I mean, yes, can you outsource some of that and have bookkeepers and whatnot? But you're, you still have to manage all that. You still have to think that way strategically on all levels. There's not one piece you have to completely, completely let go. You might hire someone, but you still have to manage that person. So um, I guess I'm better at managing different aspects of the biz- business versus going down one tiny little road. That doesn't really work for me. So freedom is freedom, freedom, freedom. My number one value is freedom. That's why I can hear it in other people, you know? There's no doubt about it. And I think, uh, you know, I never thought about entrepreneurship purely as, you know, you always think, yes, you want to be free and you want to be self-sufficient and all those kind of things. And you want to, I I always thought of it as um, I enjoy going after what I, what I like to do. And that gives you freedom. Right, and that gives you freedom. <laughs> that gives exactly you the, right. That gives you the experience of freedom. You probably never like consciously said, "In this gives me," but if you look at the real emotion behind a lot of things in life and why we do a lot of things, people, kids, little kids. If you look at kids, all they want to do is like free. They want to be free, and they wake up being free. And then our whole life as adults, we we constantly do all this stuff in our life to go back to being a five-year-old being free you know the experience of being free when we're five so um that's what it's all about we i think i find that on true entrepreneurs true entrepreneurs that are what i call that's who they are the innateness not something they fell into it's like it's who they are like i from for me it's who i am um my number one value is freedom and that holds in all my areas of my relationships and and everything in life, right? So that's that's amazing, and and, and I love I love how you articulate that so directly uh, <laughs> as well in your southern way, southern charm, but directly at the same time. Um, where, thank you. Where, thank you. I I think I you know I, I want to kind of end it on that because I think your your finishing point is so important on freedom. Um, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter, web website wise, and if they want to talk to you to talk to you further, schedule you know time with you uh, for some of your coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Heatherhavenwood.com in the upper right hand corner it says work with Heather. Click on that, and then it'll take me to my calendar and set up a time to have a conversation, see how I can help you in your business or businesses. I like working with the teams of the business versus versus just the CEOs. And as I work with the CEOs, and as I work with the team, it depends. Like right now, this later on today, I'm working with a CEO and one of his 
uh, team members, like how we, they can come together and creating the, the sales process, right? So just to give you an idea. Uh, so I'd love to work with you, HeatherHavenwood.com. And you can find me on Twitter at, at H Havenwood, as well as Facebook. I'm really active now on Twitter. So it's not my new thing, which is really strange. I've been on Twitter since 2007. All of a sudden, I'm like, miss Twitter. But um, I don't know why. Well, I, I think you'll find Twitter. Well, I, I was involved in Twitter right in the beginning and yeah me too built, built, built a huge following so focused on that really originally for my business but now obviously with with everything I'm doing and I, I really appreciate you coming on um, and, and sharing you know I guess in, in, in 50 minutes you know a, a small part of your success but I think some really really uh, amazing points and, and for everyone to take away uh, hey, you know David. If you want to be free, you have to figure out the ways that can get you to do yeah. that. And I think that is uh, that is the number one point on it. Thanks so much for coming on today in the Successful Life Podcast. Thank you, David. All right. Have a great day. Once again, before you go, thanks again for being on the Successful Life Podcast with me, David Schumann. Please go to iTunes uh, and give us any comments uh, that will help us continue to improve this podcast you can also hit me up at nuc football on twitter and i'll be glad to talk to you further find new guests if you have any suggestions or questions please hit me up there at any time until the next episode for the successful life podcast i'm david shippen